So I got a family reunion coming up this weekend. We're getting everyone together, all the polls together from all the places of the United States. We're coming back. We're all going to be meeting up this weekend. We're very excited. But I said, what kind of meat do we want for this? Because it's going to be a barbecue and it's going to be August and we want to get out there. And I said, guys, we got to go with the Good Ranchers. They said, Good Ranchers? I said, yes. So we're bringing the Good Ranchers to the Poso family reunion. 85% of that grass-fed beef that's in stores and online, it's imported. We're not doing that. We're not paying a premium for low quality, this foreign stuff. No, we want 100% American meat for the Poso family reunion, and we want it delivered straight to where we need it. Beef, chicken, seafood, whatever we want, prime and uppercut choice beef. We've also got ribeyes, T-bones, New York strips, everything else. And of course, you know that we are going to be eating the signature steak burgers. And personally, I want the Wagyu burgers. This is actual steakhouse quality, and I would not settle for less when it comes to my family. All the animals at Good Ranchers, they're ethically raised and sustainably sourced. They do things the right way and it shows in every box. And just so you know, Good Ranchers are Christ followers and genuine Americans. And by the way, their food is delicious. We've been eating it every single night when we grill out at my house in the backyard. Make sure you use goodranchers.com slash poso for 30% off and free express shipping. Goodranchers.com slash poso. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. I know that uh, psychiatry is is a pseudoscience. But, t but Tom, if she said that this particular thing helped her feel better, whether it was the antidepressant or going to a counselor or a psychiatrist, isn't that enough? Matt, you have to understand this. Here we are today where I talk out against drugs and psychiatric abuses of electric shocking people, mm -hmm. okay, against their will, of drugging children with them not knowing the effects of these drugs. Do you know what Adderall is? Do you know Ritalin? Do you know now that Ritalin is a street drug? Do you understand that? The difference is no, this was no, not Matt, against Matt, her will, though. Matt, but Matt, this Matt, wasn't Matt, against your question. Will. Matt, I'm asking you a question. I understand Do, there's no. abuse of all of these things. No, you see, here's the problem. You don't know the history of psychiatry. I do. Aren't there examples, and might not Brooke Shields be an example of someone who benefited from one of those drugs? All it does is mask the problem. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. A very special edition, sitting down again with the host of Spillover and Politics, Alex Clark. Alex, thank you so much for joining us again. Well, I'm very honored. You said that uh, our Sex in the City episode talking about how girl bossism is dead actually did very well. So. It did so well, no, because she admitted, if you remember, the creator of Sex in the City admitted that she regretted not having children. Yep. She admitted this, and then she attacked me for, for bringing that up again because I guess she's got this one-woman show out and it became a whole thing. And that is still one of our highest rated shows. Well, I'm very honored. I'm glad the Human Events Daily crowd uh, likes likes our conversation. Absolutely. No, because, because what I like talking to you about is taking some of these things that come up sort of in the news world, but then where you come in is the culture. You understand, you know, millennials, Zoomers very well, at Hollywood, etc. And so there's so many intersections of this. And what I can do with you is actually dig into that stuff a little bit more rather than just kind of hit the news, what does it mean, and then go on to the next thing, as well, I usually do. What people don't realize is that Jack and I are, are always like in real life texting behind the scenes. Like Jack was like, should I go take Tanya to go see this Crawdads I did straight up say that. I did straight <laughs> yes. And I've got feelings about the ending. I've got feelings about the ending of Crawdads, by the way. No, people, yeah, that's why. So no, people don't realize that you and I were friends like before Turning Point, actually. Yeah. 
and this isn't like one of those like fake good morning good kind morning. of you know kind of uh kind of hope boy i had a great time fishing with the boys on sunday yeah yeah i mean we do that we so. know each other yeah. for real yeah yeah for like for real real not no cap no cap no cap <laughs> by the way i got in trouble from media matters today um because i was talking about the russians and I, they have this one guy, this guy Lavrov, and I say, and I was saying, you have to really pay attention when Lavrov says something because he's he's very serious, he's very truthful, he's always legitimate, and it just kind of popped out of me that I said, I said he's no cap, I said he's no cap, and then Media Matters wrote that I was praising uh, the Russians when I said that this guy was no cap, and it's like Media Matters, you're a bunch of mids, you do not even understand this new terminology, not bussin' at all. <laughs> not bussin'. Um, you know what's interesting is that the left, you know, everybody has always said, okay, well, the left is the one, uh, they're the ones that have the stranglehold on culture. And Media Matters really is, right, like the spokes, the mouthpiece, the spokespeople of the left or whatever. And they're the ones that have absolutely no grasp on culture. They have no this. clue what's going like, on. Like the fact that they're making fun of you and saying like, why did Jack Posobiec say no cap? Like they have no idea what no cap means. They have no idea. And so it's just kind of ironic. For real, real, on God. For real, real, on God, period. <laughs> but no, so the thing that I wanted to get into with you on this, um, given that lengthy introduction, was that we, and we played the clip of Tom Cruise from 15 years ago talking about the this idea of the chemical imbalance. Is it real? Right? We were told for 20 years right, or more that depression was caught. And this, this issue of depression, and you hear millennials talk about this constantly. You hear Zoomers. So you go to TikTok and type the word depression in, you will see like Everything. millions, millions it's of videos. Currency. Mental it, it, illness is a currency. Absolute currency. And they talk about their therapies. They talk about what they're on or what do you take it? What's your stack, right? What's your stack? Yeah. And the news came out this week and I interviewed Dr. Malone about this, that serotonin levels, low serotonin levels do not actually cause depression, that they could not find an actual link between this. This is an umbrella study, a study of studies. There's no link. That's the entire science, right? Trust the science that of the chemical imbalance that underlies the SSRIs, the antidepressants, all of this, Xanax, everything else. And it was literally just debunked a couple of days ago. And I, I'm sitting there thinking, this is one of those stories that I think we hear about it and we say that seems big, but then we move on because no, we can't move on. something blows up and we're, you know, it goes, I said, wait a hold on a second. You know, this is like finding out 10 years ago that opioids are addictive and actually bad for you. Yeah. Because I think we've turned the corner on opioids at this point, and I, we're starting to really get there when it comes to fentanyl, which is of course the most deadly um, opioid there is. But on SSRIs, it, it, we're still at the point where people talk about these things as if it's, as if it's uh, an advantage to be taking these things. Tell me something about when, when you're going through and you're collecting content, you're doing your daily, you know, pull for you know different stories that you're covering what do you see out there on this well first of all every i don't know anyone my age that is not prescribed some sort of antidepressant or anti-anxiety medication this is a massive story that should be blown up what's interesting is that i predict we're going to see a lot of conservative media conservative mm -hmm. outlets like your show talking about this you won't see any mainstream media or leftist owned media talking about this because the left is so in bed with big pharma now and what is exactly what you're saying is right jack is that uh this is essentially going to be a humongous um uh 
break, I guess, just what's the word I'm looking for? Like breaking news story about Big Pharma, just like opioids, just like Purdue was, the Sackler family was, yeah. Sackler family was, but this is going to be for antidepressants and how basically the whole thing has been a scam just to get us, you know, to buy and pay for these prescriptions so they well, can make money. Well, and you know what else that I have seen, and this, this one was actually faster because somebody was showing this to me because I do not spend time digging around on TikTok. But I had a friend of mine, Zoomer friend, I do have them. This is how I know cap and no cap <laughs> and what is busing and what is not busing. And they said that if you look up birth control, just that word birth control on TikTok, that you're starting to see a lot of girls talk about the problems and the side effects of birth control. And I say, wait a minute, if you go back to 2016, we were all saying that and you called us misogynists. Hillary Clinton literally gave a speech attacking us for talking about birth control. Yet if you go on TikTok right now, they are actually starting to get wise to it. This is not, it's, this isn't a, bot, bot, a partisan issue. It is completely nonpartisan to say, hey, uh, birth control is poison for women. And the thing is, is that we've been prescribing teenage girls this and we're on them for 15 plus years before we decide to get off of them. And then by then our fertility, we're having all these fertility issues all of a sudden. And people are wondering the combined effects between being on birth control for decades before getting off and now the vaccine. I am very, very nervous for the next generations of women Women of how this is going to affect us. And then you're, you're on top of those two things. Now you have all the SSRIs. So break, break that down for me again, because I, all right, how am I going to tell the story without doxing the people that are in it or getting myself in trouble? I had a friend that was at a thing where she was staying with a bunch of other women. And those women were, you know, you know kind of all hanging out for the weekend kind of deal. And it was a girls, you know, girls weekend sort of thing. And she was saying that all of the girls there were just talking about their prescriptions and that every single one of them was on. And as you just said, antidepressants or any anxiety meds, they were talking about their therapist. And my friend was saying, I've never taken anything like that in my life. I've, when did this become normal? Because uh, it was a problem when Gen X was raising millennials Gen X had it in their minds that they didn't want their kid to feel any type of uncomfortable feeling ever or huh. uncomfortable emotion. It was, I don't want my kid to be at all unhappy. I don't want my kid to be at all anxious. So we're going to put them on all these medications. And so for my generation, we grew up that you always want to just be like one level of emotion all the time. If you're feeling at all sad or unhappy, that's not good. It's not good to experience the raw, the, the, you know, huge wave of emotions that as human beings, we are meant to experience. And so everybody is drugged. This is what's really terrifying. And so we were told that it's, it's not good. It was ingrained in us. It's not good to feel, to feel. To feel anything. To right, feel because anything. What, what they do, and this is this is what Cruz is getting to. And look, you know, Cruz has some other beliefs no, that I'm totally, beliefs, totally but, not but, down hey, with. What but when they, he what's said, the saying? They say a clock is always right twice right, a day or once a day or said, whatever the, the When he thing said, is. and, and I, 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 this is the part that drives it home for me. When he said, these drugs are not fixing anything. They are masking the problem. They're masking And that's it. what birth control does and for young women too. They're not fixing anything. They're not, and, and if they are changing anything, the side effects that you get, go look at that black box of side effects. And Malone, when I had him on in the interview, he said directly, we have seen in some people, this incites violent tendencies. What incites violence? SSRIs. 
Really? That it can be something that in a certain percentage of the population that has, you know, a certain genetic composition, they're predisposed to uh, to this type of behavior that when you get hit with these antidepressants, that instead of, you know, instead of it just, so most people, it, it, it does the blank slate, right? You, well, you see you like know, that blank slate. I always, and I other think people, about it switches them on. How all these far left, like the Antifa types that you're always encountering and stuff. Oh, goes, we just did this morning. Well, yes. Did the, you see this? Yes. So like all those kids that, you know, they all have a certain look and yeah. I really wonder yeah. what their uh, medication cocktail looks like every day. No, no, no. I said, I said there was this one I think it was a girl, right? I want to misgender, you right? Know. You know, but you could see the it's it's the eyes. I'm telling you, there was something in the and it's not the direct center of the eye. It's always around the edges. Always around something just bleeding in from around the edge of the eye. This this rage, this anger, and it's it's complete lunatic mental derangement as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Screaming, you know, we're gonna fight back. We're gonna fight back. And and she's, I mean. I mean, and Alex, like, like, like okay, I don't know if people know, like, you're, you're not exactly the tallest person. Um, what? Th- Who says girl, you're not tall? No, no, you. Oh, yeah, no, I'm 5'4". No. Yeah, no. I was going to say, why? And this, and this girl was, like, like shorter than you. Really? And and is screaming, and I'm like, this is not, what, what are you going to, you know, right? But she couldn't understand, right? Because she was living through this mental fantasy world of where she was, and she did not look well. She really did not look well. And that was what I'm thinking is just go get some sunshine. Yeah. Go get some sunshine, get some vitamin D, go eat some. Su- We're in Florida. Go pick an orange. <laughs> get you all the vitamins. That's why they do go with COVID, by the way. They got all the vitamin C and all the vitamin D here. Right. Not to take anything away from heavy D, you know, Governor DeSantis, but you've got all the sun you want. You've got all the citrus you want. You've got the beach. You've got see, the salt air. And by the way, we've been saying as humans have been saying for how long that salt air has restorative properties. We yep. know this. We've known this for tens of thousands of years. And yet for some reason, because we believe all of these wonderful, you know, the commercials where they've got like the, and it's always the same one. It's like a couple and they're like frolicking in the field and, and the dog is at playing with their feet and they're like chasing a balloon or something, all while the, the, the side effects are being like scrolled at the bottom. You know, may cause violent tendencies. Right. May, may, you it's know. It's diarrhea, you know, whatever. diarrhea. <laughs> may, may, may not allow you to, to conceive children or be, you know, may cause infertility. Yeah. You know, and all this is going, but you see the images and, and then they go, and they go up to the therapist, and the therapist is sitting there saying, oh, here's your script, here's your script. And then you get to the point, because I've known people when I was in college and people in the Navy that were doing this stuff, you get some of these therapists, they're not even asking to see you on a regular basis. You just call them up for a refill, they, they sign it off, they send it off to the, to the pharmacist. This is, by the way, how some people with, during opioid were able to abuse this. I think it, it, when you look at what opium or the opioid crisis did to people's physical um, physical bodies, imagine what these powerful antipsychotic medications are doing to the minds of, to your point and, and to what we're saying, millions and millions of young people. It's like they're all in a soundproof room and they're screaming at the top of their lungs, we have a mental health crisis, we need help for all the mental health issues in this country, and yet nobody wants to have the conversation about antidepressants, about anti-anxiety meds and what this right. is doing. Nobody wants to have that conversation. So they're screaming, they're screaming, they're screaming, and nobody can hear them until they're willing to have that conversation. And it's like, and, and by the way, you know, we always have to throw in when I talk about this that, you know, if you're listening to this and you are someone who may take these medications, 
that doesn't mean that I'm here to say, oh, you, you know, you have to stop taking it and it doesn't work, right, 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 we're not. Just talk to your doctor. Maybe talk to a different doctor. Find out, and, and, and if you are someone who's been using for a long time, you cannot stop these things cold turkey. You cannot do that. No. Right, because you will go through well, very serious withdrawals. you will go through withdrawals. suicidal thoughts, and yeah. that's, you, that's yeah. never good. So you gotta be really, really careful. Right, and some of this, and so, but, but where what, where did we go from, I, I was, I was uh, you know, joking around with Charlie Kirk earlier this week, you know, just one, one of the hits we were doing, where I said, when I was a little kid, Hulk Hogan used to come up, right, and say, he used to say, train, pray, and eat your vitamins, A, B, C, and D, right? And, and we sort of understood that was healthy living. Where did the change come in? And maybe you've identified this, where it went from, eat your vitamins and you'll be healthy, eat your veggies, you know, to I have to go to the therapist because something is wrong with me and I really do need better living through chemistry. Where does that come from? Well, the definition of health now even, or being healthy is completely changed. They, so the, there, there is no such thing anymore really in culture as being healthy, right? Because they're glorifying obesity um, and they're glorifying having these mental health issues. And like I said, it being a currency. So kids, the more, mental health issues that you can say that you have, the more medications that you are prescribed, you are more popular. The more uh, different LGBT groups you subscribe to or are a part of, you are more popular. So you have to be seen, so that's a way, if you're a straight white person, the only way that you can be a member of a marginalized group is to say, well, now I have multiple personalities you know or what this is? depression. You know what this is? Because it's the inverted hierarchy of victimization. So if you can be, so the greatest victims are the one, the, mo, the ones who are most oppressed, the ones who have been victimized the most are then placed at the top of the food chain, right? I mean, when I was in high school, it was like, you know, the all-star football players and the cheerleaders and, you know, that was, that was high school, right? Um, and now all of that's flipped around and it's, it's going to, you know, it's, it's funny because I was watching, so Stranger Things has like the new season out or whatever. And somebody was telling me that they had a younger friend who went in to watch Stranger Things and they said, well, this show is completely unrealistic. I said, well, I mean, science fiction, of course it's unrealistic, right? But they said, no, 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 not the sci-fi stuff. The fact that it's just a couple of kids riding around on bikes with no supervision. It wasn't, it wasn't said, unrealistic for the 80s, which is when that show takes place. But my point is, the kids today they didn't even it. realize that that used to be a very normal thing. Yeah until very recently. I was thinking about that because my mom was always good about that too. I, I was always able to kind of say, I'm going out for the day, hang out with the neighborhood kids, and then, you know, in summer anyway, and then come back at the end of the day before dinner. Well, do you remember, do you remember come home when the lights come on? Yeah. Do you that's remember that? I, that's what I did. Come home when the lights come on. That's what my mom always said. Come home when the lights come on. And then my town got really bad. And see, and part of it is like, part of it is good that we kind of got to the, there's a. Well, it's because through it's a the catch 90s. Twenty-two because we we got very hypersensitive to uh, sexual predators. Right. I, I was going to say in the 90s there were so many things that happened yep. to kids and so many of these cases and you've covered a lot of this stuff on the spillover. You had one recently, I think, um, that directly involved in one of these a sleepover case, right? And um, that because these things happened seeped in and, and they just destroyed all that stuff. Yeah, that's what's sad when, um, it, it, I think it really happened when you had Eaton Pats, 
he went missing. Uh, he, w he was a kid that was murdered um, in the 80s. And then after that, you had Adam Walsh, you know, John Walsh's kid, uh, uh, America's Most Wanted. Right, and right. so when those kids went missing, that really put in the public eye, okay, this danger of stranger danger. That wasn't yeah. really a thing. And no one knew the word pedophile either. No. And then that all became mainstream. And that's when, when Gen X parents really got really scared. And they said, my kids are not going to have those be in those situations where there's that opportunity but then you have the opposite effect where now you're helicoptering too much exactly. and they're never it's allowed to go outside yes right and so that overcompensation actually turns it into a situation where not only do we have to you know create these specialized you know areas for the kids but you, it it becomes an ideology where you're drilling down and look i i say this as a guy i've got two kids right they're here they're here at at the event it's us and, but I'm, I'm constantly thinking, you know, where's the line? Yeah. Because I, I don't want my kids snatched or anything because, you know, you hear these stories and before you have kids, you hear these stories and, and it's, oh, that's a tragedy. When you have kids, it, it, you, you, it, you just tighten up inside. But there was also, you there was tight. so much misinformation in the 80s too because what they didn't understand, what those parents didn't understand about stranger danger is how unlikely it is that a complete stranger it's unlikely to be is a, stranger. a predator to yeah. your kids. It's yeah. most likely to be someone in your inner circle, someone at your kid's school, some of them interact say it doesn't with happen. your kid. As long as it doesn't happen, but it's very rare. Yes. Yeah. And so I think there was just misinformation too on how you educate kids, but now we have that information. Now we're learning more information. So, you know, the combination of that plus understanding the, the, Really, the probably we're gonna find out uh, over medication with all of these SSRIs. It's no, there's it's gonna the, be a huge awakening in the coming generations. No, I think I think it's it's we're gonna see a spiritual awakening, right? We're seeing that already going on because so many people are devoid of meaning. They say, you know what? What do I do? I want to go back to God. I want to go back to Christ. I want to go back to the Bible because things that are sinful are bad for you. I firmly believe this. Things that are sinful are actually bad for you. Yeah. And so when you read the Bible, it says, oh, don't do this. And someone, well, you know, I'm, you know, who are you to tell me, right, what to do? But then when you actually go, go through and experience those things, you realize they are actually harmful to you. And eventually, mentally, spiritually, physically harmful to you. And I think now that we've gotten to this point where it's sort of like, we need to make those decisions and I think I do see some of this in Gen Z where they want to make the decision. So I think that's really cool. And I think the work that you're doing, Poplitics, Spillover, is really at the forefront of that. So I commend you for it. Thank you. So the moral of the story today is Tom Cruise was right, at least about one thing. At least well, we got one so far. We got one so far. And his movies are, are, are fire. I'm just going to say that. I, you cannot find a bad Tom Cruise movie. You can't. Literally can't. That being said, this Crawdads movie, we, we're, we're going to have a discussion about that offline. All right, Alex. <laughs> I thought it was great. All right, go check out Poplitics, Spillover, Alex Clark. Thank you. Thanks, As always. Jack.